Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeered by Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend I, I wrote this song My turn-ons are French poodles Chinese German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Oh, like Angel. What a beautiful theme song. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Best known as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Ready to go. Sounds good. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Let us watch. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we are going to watch Little Miss Marker, 1980. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine, Little Miss Marker 1980. And we like the channel, The Julie Andrews Archive. Ooh, hey, no spoilers, but is Julie Andrews in this movie? Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, yeah, Mary Poppins is a co-star. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm subscribing to this channel. I am interested in your business, okay. Julie Andrews Archive. Okay, so we want you to go ahead, just like Carl said, go find a little bit marker, 1980, Julie Andrews, Walter Matthau is the title. Click the link, courtesy of the Julie Andrews Archive. Hit pause, move that slider to the left, go to Venmo, donate money to Mutiny Radio at Mutiny Radio, because we do stream our show first on Mutiny Radio every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Yes. And we do a countdown, and when the countdown goes, we want you to play with us. And we're very honored to have Paul Brumbaugh and uh, Mrs. Christine from the Edge of Insanity podcast show, which is uh, broadcast right before us on Sundays. Paul, Christine, great to have you guys on the show. It's great to be here once again with you guys. It's really good. Um, I hope you guys are all doing. Yeah, could be better, but I think we're doing all right. Uh, we hope everyone else has been all right. Paul, can you do the honors and uh, kick off the countdown? Are you guys Step back in that time machine in 1980, and you know the drill. Put your finger right over that triangle, and let's do this thing. In three, two, one, go. All right, math out me, baby. I'm going to say Orion. Oh, no. Sorry. Universal. Got those letters must tower over the earth. She's putting the shadow. Makes a shadow. Hey, what's up with that lamp hating the Pixar eye? Oh, it's pissing me off. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Oh, this is an old-timey movie? 
Oh, that gets some cool little intro. I was going to say, this cost him top dollar, right? Yeah, this, uh, well, yeah, it must be a collectible or something. They have a little tin car. By the way, I hope you guys are watching the movie with us and not just listening to the podcast. It's only half the experience. It would be like a Tony Curtis movie without Bob Newhart. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Me both. And Lee Grant. Brian Dennehy. Well, this is a top-notch uh, cast. I don't mind just watching the opening credits over and over. That was uh, music by Henry Mancini. <gasps> the Pink Panther himself. That's right, Mr. Dun, dun, gun theme. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, right. I'm sure he must have coasted on that. He was like, hey, I got a theme song for you. It goes, uh, blip, 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 It's called Goon River. You'll love it. Nothing to do with my previous Goon River, which we all know from the famous movie, Mr. Accident. Oh, that's like their motif. And don't forget the Trail of the Pink Panther had that song. That was a great book. It's like Edward's movie. Have you ever read, uh, Damon uh, Rudman, whose story this movie is based on? Right, I haven't. There were four movies based on that exact story. I can name you the Bob Hope one. There I've is seen the Bob Hope one. Yeah. It's him and Lucille Ball. It's called uh, Sorrowful, Sor- Sorrowful Jones. He's like, well, kid, I'll tell you. Uh, you're a little Miss Marker. Uh, what's up with these hippies? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. And Brooke Shields and the Dave uh, Packers. It was it was always like Brooke Shields and the special. Now here comes Tony 14. Curtis out of the call and one of the out of the car and one of the movies, the nineteen sixty two movie about this uh, story. He was Sourful Jones. Interesting. So this this the first one the first movie. It was a Shirley Temple movie, right? Yes, and it launched her career. Really? That was. A, does she sing and dance in that movie, or is it like played for, you know? I would doubt there. I did not see the movie. Uh, that was 1934. It launched her movie career. And uh, her character's name was Martha Jane, and they called her Marky for short. She was a marker. Oh. Right. So the, the story is that someone has a gambling debt, leaves his little daughter for collateral, and never picks her up. And never picks her up. That's right. Now, here you see Tony Curtis. He's blackie. And we have Brian Dennehy as the thug. And they're looking sourful. Sourful Jones. It's interesting that the star of the – I don't know. So if Shirley Temple wasn't a star – I would still think the original movie was she was the star, right? It was a, her name is the title. She's Little Miss Marker, right? And then in Starful Jones, it's, it's about Bob Hope. It's Starful Jones, right? But this version, it's you know what a good Shirley Temple remake would be? Let's add Walter Matthau. <laughs> it needs more Matthau. Well, the internet claims this, is this one is closest to the true story. Oh. So right now, Walter was making Blackie wait, and he's like chewing out some guy. I'm not going to, you know, let you off. You know, I didn't tell you to bet the rent money, and we find out that it's this old lady. Oh. Uh, 
thank God. So, gangsters gives that money. Yeah, Blackie gives the rent money and she bets it on a horse. Yeah, well, you know, it's a problem. Bob could say no. Look at Tony Curtis putting his feet on the desk. So rude, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. He's here to take $50,000 for Walter Matthau to invest in a gambling casino, an illegal gambling casino. And Walter Matthau is like making quips. Get lost. I never liked you when you were a kid, Blackie, and you know better as an adult. He's playing a, a grumpy old man in this movie? Isn't that a stretch? Yeah. Who's taller, Tony or Matthau? Matthew. So this this movie is a period movie, right? Well, you know, I was going to say, Carl, this is the only time I heard of a a remake of a Shirley Temple movie, right? I mean, I don't, I've never seen a remake of Good Ship Lollipop. No, no, absolutely not. And and also, um, there was a remake, uh, Animal Crackers, but it was Animal Crackers in My Poop. Tell me more. Well, if you eat Animal Crackers, you know, if, I mean, you've been there. Oh, yeah, especially those giraffes. <laughs> hey, brother, say no more. They're a bitch to get out. Yeah, they... It's a long neck. So, um, Bob Newhart, his name is Regret in the movie, and he's like, whatever Blackie wants, give it to him. He, he's a killer. His name is Regret, and his name is Sorrowful? Yeah, and now we meet The Kid. We never learn her name. It's The Kid. Huh. I think I bought some salt, iodized salt from her once. Spilling it all over the place. Yeah. No, I bought some shoes from her. They just heard a gunshot and they're off to investigate. And look what Blackie did. He shot the dog? Oh, yeah. can we check? All right, I'm going to go check. The, does the dog die while we talk? You know that website? Yeah, but look at him. He's clearly dead. See you well, later, I'm <laughs> Does the dog die? Huh. Web page not available. Well, that well, says everything about my internet. It's for the quarantine. So now he's realizing he's going to have to cough up the 50 bucks and be an investor in this gambling casino or Blackie's going to rub him out. Or kill the cat. <laughs> Does the dog die? All right. Does the dog die? Get the app. Continue using web. Sorry, folks. This is going to be a couple minutes. Mutiny Radio uh, internet slow today. We blame Bam Benjamin. Bam <laughs> Benjamin. So now a miracle happens. This mean old gruff sourful says, all right, give him a saw buck and keep the kid. And they're like, what? A saw buck is what? Well, he's asking for $10. I think a saw buck is $5. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I think it was like 10 bucks or something. And uh, wow, that's pretty crazy. Okay, so I see little Miss Sunshine. It's been a long time since I saw a buck. 
Yeah. Okay, here we go. Little Miss Marker. Does the dog die? Is Bob Newhart good in this movie? Bob Newhart is just very bland. He just plays his role. He doesn't really make you laugh. Same thing with Brian Dennehy. Uh, Brian Dennehy's talents are lost in this film. He just plays a thug. He looks mean. I mean, I'm sure he's happy to be working, but this role was, you know, he's a great actor. And it's not his fault. It's the script that he's doing his part. So it says, yes. The dog does die, according to doesthedogdies.com. Well, we saw dead. They're all saying he's dead. You just love to run to that site, which I understand. It's not online. It didn't exist, okay? Okay, now. That's like your... your... A newsstand here. And these are all authentic uh, 1930s magazines. They pay $2,500. Wow. Well, that's why I went to see this in the theater. I wanted to get my money's worth. <laughs> and you did. That's a Yale review from 1934? Get the that's, fuck out of here. These are original. Yes, these are actual. Except for, the, except for Spider-Man, Superman number one, it was like hand-drawn. Like, we don't have the budget for action comics. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, there is an anachronism in here. Um, there is a Vogue. Current magazine? No, we see a Vogue. On the stands, and I don't know why. Okay, it might, have, it might have been in Vogue back then. No, no, no. The internet says that was an anachronism, and I saw it the just as it cut away. Um, uh, so, did Damon run in for the uh, Saturday Evening Post? I don't like, think I didn't look him up. Uh, I know he's the author, but I I didn't look him up. Now, the whole thing was Bob Newhart was like, she can't stay at my place. They don't let kids. They don't let women. So he's <laughs> dumped her on Sourful. Oh, no. Where's your caretaker? No regrets. I got no regrets. So Sourful Seriously, regret left. Ram. Yeah, this is the – we watched this last week. This was posted by Yahoo Movies as a trailer. It's just this modern little piece of shit. I don't think people in the 30s dress that way. Like, if you could only afford a hot plate, I don't think you could afford a vest and a tie. Sorry. Well, they make a joke out of it. He only has one suit. He always wears the one suit. And then later in the movie, he gets a new suit, and everybody's all freaked out. Right. Powerful. Uh, you know, you should never uh, perform with children and animals. They both shit on the floor. It gets everywhere. Second shit joke. It's a good show, Carl. I already feel it. <laughs> We're on our way. On our way. Now, what the director does in this scene, or the writer, who it's he, it's the same guy. He's a famous writer. This is the only thing he ever directed. As a matter of fact, he said to the studio, if you want my script, I must be the director. And they said, damn it. Okay. <laughs> so what the director's doing in this scene is very, very slowly cr- breaking away at the, the mean old crust of Walter Matthau, because she's all cute. She's just asking, may I please have a donut? You know, like, 
he keeps on denying her and then saying, oh, all right. You know, he softens every line. He gets softer. She's cute. She doesn't look anything like Shirley Temple. Yeah, they must have cast against type. Try to look for a Moppet with brunette hair. Well, they... How curly is your hair? They did curly? You're not hired. Exhaustive search. I don't think they were looking for Shirley Temple. You're mentioning the curls and you're right. Um, they had a, a, a casting call for a six-year-old girl, and it was in Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Like, for instance, in New York, 96 people showed up. So after they did all of these casting calls, nine girls were chosen. They were flown to Los Angeles. Uh, they did scenes with Walter Matthau. They were interviewed by Walter Bernstein, the writer-director. Interesting. God picked. There, and then they said, we were just kidding. This isn't for uh, uh, Annie. <laughs> by the way, this is her only acting credit ever. She did this film, and then she went away. Probably had a real life after this movie. Right, I'm sure. You see product placement yeah. for cornflakes? I know. It's so shameless. And that's McGee's milk delivery service. <laughs> Just shameless. Ah, McGee's. Yes. That's the milk delivery service for me, Walter Matthau. Carl, did you know I, Walter Matthau and I have the same birthday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, you and Mike, uh, Walter Matthau, share the same birthday, October 1, 19... 19. 1919? Yeah, we turned 100 last year. Great. Congratulations, Mike. Yeah. You're in great health. And guess what? Julie Andrews what? also shares your birthday, October 1. You're kidding me. The co-star of this movie also shares my birthday, October 1, 1935. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the year I don't know the year. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. What was the story about Julie Andrews? She had surgery on her throat and they screwed up and she can't sing now? I don't know that story. Um, when I looked her up, there was lots of stuff about her life. I just focused on the, the movies we know. I mean, she was big in the theater and then she got her film debut, Mary Poppins. She won an Academy Award. And then she moved on to the next year to be in The Sound of Silence and won a Golden Globe. That's it. She had written her career. She could be in anything she wanted. The Sound of Music, you mean, right? Yeah, what did I say? Sound of Silence. Oh, right. <laughs> so stupid. It's because I have an old man brain. That's right. The Sound of Music. Yeah. Plus, five. Well, you know, well, we also both watched The Sound of Music on mute. So, you know, it makes sense. I just read the subtitles. It's the most charming movie. I don't know what the big deal is. So um, she was were, a big star, like, in the 60s and 70s. And then she kind of went away for a while. But she came back in Shrek, The Princess Diaries, Despicable Me. Yeah, Princess Diaries. Well, she, uh, this, she was married to Blake Edwards. Uh, who, of course, directed Moon, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's that we just mentioned. Yeah. And if you ever see S&B and That's Life, she shows up in those movies. She showed up in a lot of her husband's movies. 
And uh, yeah, I think the story went is that she got surgery and they screwed up her vocal cords or something like that. And she's kind of semi-retired after that. So she's not really belting out numbers, but, you know, she's yeah. doing voice work here and there. And I do think Princess Diaries probably gave her a boost to another generation. Like, that's probably how another generation knows her. Right. And she had a sequel in that. And of course... I mean, in Shrek and in Despicable Me, it was just her voice, but she also had sequels for those. So she had some success. Oh, really? So we're having hilarious. You know, I never... There was um, messing yeah, around with her dress, get, trying to get it off. Now he's in her, uh, she is in his bed. Come on, beat it. Sure that's, not Murphy's bed? that's Murphy's bed, not yours. There's plenty of room. Aww. And then he says, wait a minute, I'm getting shaken down. This is a shakedown. That's adorable. She's only six years old, Walter. And that's why it's adorable. Just, just confirming myself. Aha! Did they shoot this one? Nobody's there. Did they, they must have borrowed the set of the odd couple for this. <laughs> we just need the apartment. Get the Murphy bed. The Odd Couple was ancient history to him uh, at this point. That That's the movie that made him. Well, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, the TV show, with which he wasn't in, the original one, that that lasted until the early 80s, right? I mean, it was a 70s staple for certain. Which TV but show? I, I think it has to The Odd Couple, the one with uh, Tony oh, Randall Tony and... Uh, I mean, um, yeah, Tony... Randall. Randall. Right. Jack Clement, Quincy, M.E. That was a good show, uh, you know. I don't know. It's always depressing. It's like, what are you doing, Quincy? He's like, play with a dead body. Want to watch? Like, yeah. Quincy was a good show. No, I'm an odd couple. Quincy was a horrible show. It was a star vehicle. They were like, okay, it's you. We'll do it. It was a sucky show. Oh, you get the fuck! Do you ever see the punk rock episode that has me on YouTube? <laughs> we did that for Bad Movie Night. We actually did a uh, friend when we did Bad Movie Night years ago. We did a television night, which isn't as fun because television is intentionally bad, and they want you yeah. to time out it so you keep watching it. You know, it's a difference if you go to a movie and the movie flat out sucks, or you say, "I'm going to sit and watch this movie and it sucks." You get kind of pissed off, right? Yeah. TV doesn't give a shit. No, and so we watched the. Yeah. So we watched a Quincy episode where Quincy was not in the episode. It was like his buddy calling Quincy the entire time. It was pretty cool. <laughs> really? Yeah, Tugman didn't show up to work that day. Where's my pants? I'm walking out now. Okay, so it's the morning and we're having hilarity because he's hurt his back. I like sleeping in chairs myself. It's a creepy way to go. Oh. So now it's Brian Dennehy at the door. I, it's, it'll be about to be opened. And he goes, you're a real pain in the ass. You don't have a phone. Why don't you have a phone? And Walter Matthau's because people would call. Yeah, even in the 30s. He's saying, Blackie wants to see you at 2 o'clock to take a ride. One oh, because like he wants that money. Um, Brian Dennehy's talents are not used in this film. Anybody could have played his part. I disagree. He has, he's one of those physical actors that kind of takes up the space, and that's all you really need. You need him to walk like that. 
you know, and he, but he gave so a fake much reaction. more than that, right? I mean, he's a good actor. He had a good career. Eighties was good to Brian Dennehy. He was in all those FX movies. Remember that? He was like a special effects guy who was like tricked the mob. Yeah. Uh oh, put the kid. And she goes, "That was fun. Do it again." She never have a Murphy bed with a kid. Ooh, jobs male female. This must be during that Great Depression. Oh, it was great. Remember that depression? It was great. It was so great. we're having hilarity. She can't keep up with him. Now she's having trouble with the revolving door. It's all funny, yeah. funny, funny. Oh, is he going to pop out again? Because the camera is, yep, yeah. Otherwise, the camera would have cut to something else. Ooh, nice little TV swipe. Where's the kid? He ate the kid. Well, it's like throughout the whole, all of act one, he's going to act like this is, she's a bother. She's just a marker, you know, and uh, he softens every scene to her, you know. Now he's taking a bet. Now the thing that's funny to me is that he's the boss of the whole place. And at the same time, though, he hustles and takes bets and he. He'll go to a bicycle race and take bets. Like, he's always hustling. If this movie was made now, it would be, like, depressing. It would be, like, this gambling addiction that kind of just ruins the movie. But now it's, like, wacky. Oh, he's got a cat. Oh, shit. Hang on. Let me check. Does the cat die.com? Oh, no. It's not a cat. It's a dog that wants to be a cat. Right. Little dog. You're not a cat. It's good to have little dogs. They're harder to shoot. Like, it's easy with a big dog. It just stays. Right. This is all authentic uh, 1930s stuff, by the way. I like that silver gloves uh, machine, gambling machine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess back in 1980, people liked the 30s. They wanted to see movies like Well, that. there was a string of, in the 80s, they did all of these, like, 30s send-up gangster movies. Um, I have a list here. Uh, Pritzi's Honor, Wise Guys, Harlem Nights. That's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, that was 88, maybe? Uh, that was 88. Harlem Nights was 89. Um, City okay. Heat was the one with Burt Reynolds and uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Johnny Dangerously. 83. Yeah, I do too. Amy Heckerlin. And in the list, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid by Steve Martin, but I don't really agree. I don't think that was a send-up of gangster movies. Well, it was a send-up of old movies that they repurposed, you know. Right. It was more of a... more detective. It was more kind of the film noir, private detective movie. Yes. Gangster. Or cleaning woman. Well, once upon a time in America, I think that came out early '80s. That was like a three and a half hour movie about Jewish gangsters. Yeah, this list is just like jokey joke movies that took place in 1930s gangster. Oh, I got it. So sourful. Yeah, I guess we. Did you ever see Under the Rainbow? Which I believe is on the YouTube. You should do that one. Under the Rainbow. Is that the one with all of the midgets? 
the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. It's 1939, mm-hmm. and uh, the Munchkins are like. Some of them are Nazi sympathizers. Some of them are resistance, I guess. And somehow, like, Chevy Chase gets involved. It was one of those big movies that just nobody had any idea why it got made. Uh-huh. So she drew a picture of Sourful, but the the funny part is it has a smile. Right. She's got the Walter Matthau nose down. It's a yeah. big flat circle. <clears throat> so uh, now we're going to now we're going to Blackie's gambling den, which is really owned by Julie Andrews. Uh, her name is Worthington in the film, and um, her her husband died. She's a widow, and she's got no choice but to make this deal if she wants to keep her house. Oh, so yeah, look at that. She's got the card tables all set up. A roulette. Yeah, we're getting the table together, see? Yep. And the roulette table is fixed. Oh, that's no fun. Oh, he's got a little lever. Well, what? that's the All right, that's that, uh, what Walter Matthau is going to start straightening out. You can't have crooked dice. You can't have a fixed roulette table. The upper crust, no. And they're going to, you know, they'll send you up the river. So Walter right. Matthau is going to invest, but he's also going to boss around and try to make the place run right. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Curtis. She doesn't like him. He didn't. I know. What an actor. What a range. Well, she was chosen out of thousands of girls. Right. So was Annie. So was Curly Sue. <laughs> She's no Curly Sue. Your marker bit me, see? Yeah. Not once of these. Why can't they just drop her off at safe surrender? Right at the, po- at the post office, at the well, fire station? They, they were Bob Newhart was saying, let's take her to the cops. He Walter Matthau was like, no way, she's a marker. She's worth 10 bucks. Right. Yeah, 10 bucks is 10 bucks, as Getty Lee once said on the soundtrack to uh, Great White North. 10 bucks is like what? Uh, maybe six. Uh, no, it was probably like 100 bucks back in the 30s. Yeah, but even that's like you, none of these guys stop and say this is ridiculous. What kind of men are we? Well, the truth is, in the beginning, he's tough and he's not letting the girl go. Right now, what we're watching, Act One. But then he finds out that the father died, and when he does, he pretends that he's holding on to her so that he won't get accused of kidnapping or something. But the truth is, he's starting to like her. And he's softening. So the kid has disappeared. So he's like, you seen a little kid? How high? Girl or boy? I mean, you want me to finger the wrong kid? The joke is there's only one kid, you know. The kid. All right. 
Name me all the movies named The Kid. Uh, well, there was The Kid, and there was that one called The Kid. Um, so you're talking about the Charlie Chaplin, Jackie Coogan movie. Then there was Disney's the, there's Disney's the Kid. That's the title of the Bruce Willis movie where he goes back. He meets his uh, childhood version of himself. Oh. Hey, there's Julie Andrews. That's right. It should be archived. And she is on her horse, which is Sir Galahad, which she loves. And he's a horrible racing horse. And, you know, so she Matt doesn't hates see him. it. Oh, so the kid warmed up to Julie Andrews like almost immediately. She's like, you you look like Mary Poppins. I see you every Thanksgiving singing well, on the hills. <laughs> but she lured her with a horse ride. Yeah, what, what little girl's not going to fall for a horse ride? So it's like, yeah, this place can is I see you on some more? Like, come on, kid. Who's going to pay your bills when the doctor, when you fall off the horse? All this stuff. So they're just going to take it back to the stable. And now they're getting to know each other. You know, I'm Blackie's partner, so I'm sort of your partner, too. And, uh... Right. And he's... Oh, Blake know, told me... Being tough. Have you ever seen the movie S.O.B.? Like Edwards S.O.B.? I've only it's heard of it. It's based on a... So it's a Hollywood fan, uh, couple whose movie bombs. It was like a, a, a kid's movie. And he says, fuck it, I'm going to make it a porn movie. I'm going to make it a hard R movie. And they change all the scenes. And Julie Andrews shows her tits in the movie. Oh, but it's based I on a film. It. It's a great film. It's definitely in uh, Patricia Arquette's in it, like really briefly. I think you could see her boobs as well. According to Playboy, she did an interview saying that she's not topless in that film. So I might have seen someone else. But uh, it's based on Blake Edwards made a movie with uh, Julie Andrews. I think it was like Playful Lily or some shit like that. And it was like a kid's movie and it just bombed hard. So it was based on that experience. I remember the big uh, to do about it like julie andrews is gonna show her boobs and she does it like at the last scene or something no no she does it like in the in the middle of the movie and she shows them to, and loretta swift is like oh, oh, hi. <laughs> she defiantly shows them oh and then robert preston is like he's like oh, oh, oh. all right movie. i'm putting that in my netflix queue no, don't even bother. I'll, let me reenact the movie. Okay. Ooh, ooh, that's, ooh. that's Robert Preston. Now, this is um, a, something that was an era a, from the era, 1920s and 30s. It's called the Six-Day Bicycle Race. Interesting. Now, They've been writing this. Um, stay awake for six days, but that's what this is. And there's no skate rats on the half pipe. It's amazing. I've never seen a skate park like that. Yeah. A couple of bicyclists take over it. Coincidentally, Sourful is there, and he's, like, taking bets. He's, like, hustling on the side. And then Julie Andrews goes over, that child should be in bed. Oh, come on. You can't harass the parents who bring their kids to the racetrack. <laughs> it's jokes like, do you know what time it is? There's a clock right there on the wall. That child should be Matt, in bed. No. He's taking bets. Can he be any less 
He's even, I take it back. He's not a cranky old man. He's a crankier old man. Grumpier old man. Grumpier. Right, right. <laughs> the, the third movie should have been Grumpier Old Men with Guns. And they're packing heat. Yeah. That's not Viagra in my pocket. Huh. Well, I never. I and then you should have never. As if Are they gonna fall in love? Would eat a hot dog. I don't know. I would totally eat a nineteen thirties hot dog. It's probably made out of like yeah. it's authentic from the literally food. <laughs> <laughs> you say that dog for fifty years old. And moldy. Tony Curtis is like, Why is the bread stale? Well, we're trying to be authentic. <laughs> I love your Tony Curtis. Oh, yeah. That's where you leave your cribs out on the curb. Okay, now. Bob. Uh, Bob is tipping off Walter Matthau that the cops are up there. Brannigan. Brannigan. So. Oh, the old. Yeah, so he's like, take the kid, you know. Take the kid and buy her a soda. And he's like, we should turn her into the cops. He's like, take her to the orphanage. She's worth 10 bucks to us. Just take her, you know. And he's going to Did you know the cops. He's uncredited, but you can see Oscar the Grouch in that scene. Yeah. His first movie. Now, yeah. This guy, Brannigan, you'd know his face. He's uh, Kenneth McMillan, uh, born in Brooklyn. But he... Like, he was in The Taking of the Pelham 123. He was in Dune. He was a regular on Valerie Harper as the boss. You know his face, right? Yeah, he had – look at those eyebrows. How can I forget? Yeah. He always looks like somebody I You know? But, yeah, those eyebrows are amazing. They're, like, super arched. And it's his real eyebrows. It's not a shtick. His debut. Doesn't even look like a – Serpico. Oh, wow. Uh, what a way. That's a lofty uh, yeah. debut. Yeah. I'm trying to think what movie, like, uh, or I, I've seen his face a hundred times, but he has, he looks like Jim Belushi. That's what I'm thinking of, doesn't he? Oh, right. I see that. I mean, he's older looking. Yeah. If, if Jim Belushi ate Jim Belushi, he would probably look like this guy. <laughs> ah, little Jim. According to Jim, I'm full. Now, he's there to investigate, you know, he lets it be known that the father committed suicide. He lost the horse race and he jumped in the water. Have you seen the little girl? Now he's going to make a joke. Hey, that looks a little bit like you, except it's smiling. Wow, everyone's on it. Now, as Three you know, Mike, it's very season. illegal what Walter Matthau's doing. So he goes in there and he goes, I'll take shoehorn in the fifth. And he goes, we already ran that race. He goes, what do you know? I'm a winner. <laughs> so, he, you know, it's sort of like a bribe. Um, yeah, he likes to dip his beak into everything. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's the face. So I don't know. That kind of looks like Jack Lemmon. Except it's smiling. That's a... the horn. That's actually Jack Lemmon in the cameo. Ba-boom. Yeah, he holds himself well, Jack, uh, Walter. 
I feel like you ran out of movie ideas. Right? I mean, Hopscotch, we watched Hopscotch. We were inspired by this, uh, by Hopscotch to watch another to Walter watch this, yeah. movie. Yeah. Hopscotch is a better film. But it's such a different film. Well, I mean, this movie is pretty maudlin. I mean, it's pretty sentimental and, you know, cutesy and stuff like that. And right. I don't think Hopscotch really cared for that, you know, so... Well, Hopscotch was certainly cute, but it was cute because he was outsmarting them and such. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll read you a bedtime story. Right. Colonel Parker's horse in third. Right, exactly. (laughs) Wow, what a horse that's second. Watch upon a time of Belmont Stakes. Seabiscuit tired in the fourth round. You're exactly right. Oh, Walter, tell me the story of Sea Biscuit. All right. See, he goes. Well, it was exactly two years ago. He goes, Do you like horses? And she goes, I like Black Beauty. And then he starts reading the. Horse raising. Here it is. Let's. And she drifts off to sleep. Uh, she is a see, when your dad has a yeah it's her dad it's a piece of shit <laughs> why oh oh you mean the dad oh well, I thought you meant in real life <laughs> well I mean she never acted again maybe her dad was like a genius like yeah did you have fun no alright let's move on well that is I don't know anything about it, but I do think probably there was some integrity there. Like, that was fun. What a nice chapter in your life. Now we're moving on with real life. Okay, so now that the father has died, we find out, we're sort of moving into Act 2, in which he's going to sort of be the caretaker. He's taking her to, like, an Army-Navy store, getting her a new dress. Here's opening night at the casino. Aren't she? Wow, look at that backside. Check out those asses. This is a great movie. If that's what butts look like in the 1930s, build me a time machine because I am there. <laughs> They're looking at the two-way mirror. They know Sourful's watching. Now, Sourful's all oh, full yeah. of chips. The lady in the fourth whatever is putting chips in her brassiere and such and such is switching fixed dice and he's like doing his bit to protect his investment. And Donahue's like, are you a bonbon? Then I don't give a shit. Unless you're filming Nougat, I don't care. You will sound like chocolate when I, like when I get chocolate in the house now, I'm like, fuck you guys, I'm going to eat all the chocolate as fast as I can. <laughs> that's your right as a head of the household. Yeah, that's what I tell everyone. And they say like, you know, why don't you go take a walk? I heard you were here. Oh, you have a new dress. Let's see it. Wow, she is really no children whose parents leave them as markers. Look at her low-cut top, man. See, he's making busts off of what Walter Matthau pointed out. Now, she said it needs to get hemmed up. It's just too long for her. Yeah, she was hemming and hawing. Right. 
Let me haul your dress. I mean hem. Ahem. I don't need two hems. I just need ahem. 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 <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? This, yes, Taylor. The guy who produced this movie was called Jennings Lang. And while it was getting Genesis, he introduced uh, Walter Bernstein to this guy named Hyman Saul, who happens to be his uncle. But he introduced him because he was like a turf advisor in the 1930s for the horse races in New York. And Weird. the writer, Damon Ruman Runyon, actually like interviewed him. And, you know, he was part oh, of the original book. Yeah. I believe his name is Damon Funyon. Funyon. I He's love Funyon. Oh, have you tried Damon uh, Funyons? I, They're gritty. Yeah. I, I like hot and spicy Funyons. I like Damon Funyons. It's a good product. <laughs> this is all real 1930s stuff. It's Julie Andrews' playroom. She was an only child also. Interesting. And in this scene, he starts to she starts to discover that Sorrowful is sort of like a bullshitter. He's really not as tough as he says, you know. Why did you right. come up here? I don't know. Check on the kid. I shouldn't have come up here. I should have had my head examined. And she's, you know, she starts to see that. He likes the girl, and he's a real softy for her, and now look, he's got his balloons, and she's got hers. Uh, tell me more. <laughs> Do I yeah. look at them? They're poking or, out. You know what, Walter? Walter's like, my eyes are up here. <laughs> wow, wow she yeah, she looks terrific. with those nipples. <laughs> Be careful, Jim. Well, that sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like a message of Mythbusters, if any. Yeah, right. Right, Julie up. Andrews. <laughs> okay, so oh, search for uh, the kid, and her name is Sarah Stimson. But okay, the do, do you remember the Goodbye Girl? Yeah, Marsha Mason. So the Richard Dreyfus, right? Yeah, the daughter was named Lucy McFadden. Her name was Quinn Cummings, and she was at one point attached to be the kid in this movie. For some reason, she backed out, and they started their talent search. That's better publicity that way. I guess yes. Although, I'm like, don't you want to see Walter Matthau as Shirley Temple's uh, Hello? Wow. So look, a suit costs 15 bucks, right? Right. So that's two thirds. That kid is like two thirds of a suit. But look what the guy does. The, the proprietor. Look what he does. He's molesting the mannequin. <laughs> so he can see <laughs> that Walter's thinking about it. Right. He goes what? He goes ten dollars. Okay, ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard sell through the window. I just hear the window shop. You don't have to hard sell me on everything. Upsell me. It's a three piece suit for ten bucks. I would do it. Remember, ten bucks was a hundred bucks. Money is tenfold increased. 
I like. I would like to think that in 1932, ten bucks equaled a little girl. It did, according to this movie. Yeah, the little Miss Marker. She got married, became little punk Miss Marker, Mrs. Marker. <laughs> okay, as you know, the father has died, and he's starting to do stuff like buy her clothes and such. So now right. he's going to the landlord of a nicer place who like owes him money, and he's gonna put the squeeze on him to get an apartment there because it'll be more space for the kid and it's just better for the kid's life. But he's always pretending like, like right now he's refusing to take the kid to Brannigan, the cop, because he's like, he'll finger me for kidnapping. And like Bob Newhart never gets wise that it's really all about the girl. But Julie Andrews certainly does. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's she's immediately she's probably the only one who treats the kid. I guess Walter is a is acting like a dad, but Julie's acting like a mom. She's acting like you know a guardian. She so goes. the guy thinks he's there to like beat him up or something. He goes, "I warn you, tough stuff will get you nowhere. I'll just faint. I oh, always right. pay you." Listen, don't sniff that dude's flower flower lapel. Because it it's a practical joke. Yeah, what you do is you get the, you wear a suit that has a lapel, and you find a flower, and then you put a little hose uh, in the flower, and then you have a little water supply and a turkey baser. Then you take that time machine of mine and go back to 1932, and this is still <laughs> fresh and original. People with flower lapels, and you go nuts. Don't wear a joy buzzer because uh, the water and the buzzer will just cause, you know, right. you'll get a mild shock. Yes. Okay, so Practically. Benny Pickpocket is really also a good cook. So he needs a cook for the daughter. And the one on the right is a madam, and she's going to be a house cleaner because she always kept a nice house for her girls. Like, he's found all his, like, criminal, you owe me money people. And he's like set. So I want you to take care of my girl. A teacher, a housekeeper, wow. a cook. Her first words will be Eloise, fuck you. Eat shit, Eloise. <laughs> well, she learns how to pickpocket from the pickpocket, and she learns how to gamble from the cleaning lady and wins at cards and takes the cleaning lady's marker when she doesn't have enough money. Have you ever seen the movie Shoplifters? Came out a couple of years ago. Art house film. Yes, no. Green, I believe. Oh, it's great. It's really good. And it's about uh, this kind of makeshift family and uh, the little girl who kind of picks up on how to pickpocket. It's heartbreaking. It's a good movie. Japanese. I didn't, did I say Korean? I got it wrong. Uh, you didn't say anything, but uh, Shoplifters. I'll put it in my Netflix queue. Now we have a scene yeah, that made me cry. I don't mean sobbing. You know, I'm 54, so a little tear came out because he's okay. like, you don't think I came here for you or something. And then she goes, is my daddy dead? And there's this long silence. Let me put it on. All right. Is my daddy dead? Yeah. Record scratch. <laughs> Yeah, look at poor Walter's face. Like, he's... And you started crying this? 
Well, I did get a little jerk, a tear jerk in my eye because, so he lies now and says, nah, your daddy's coming back. He's just away. I don't get it. He spends 10 bucks on a suit. He just can't pay off this guy's debt. Get rid of the kid. He doesn't want to get rid of the kid. That's the whole thing of the movie. He's falling in love with her. Oh. Well, she know he knows that she'll just go to an orphanage. Yeah, right. Hmm. Orphanage or Matthau? Orphanage or Matthau? Well, honey, what would be? I'm thinking. <laughs> that heart to heart he's going well he's saying sir galahad has a race and it just so happens coincidentally that i have some business at the track so if you want i guess you could come he doesn't have business see i gotta take notes when i take my kids to the horse tracks by the way listen horse track all the horses and all the jockeys in these races are the names of real life jockeys and and horses, you know, in the 30s. So everyone in this film production had OCD is what you're trying to tell me. They got everything's authentic down to the jockey's name. As if you needed to, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be thrilled in 1980 to watch this movie. I'll just be like, this isn't. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. What's going on? It's an epic, right? I don't think eighties had what it had. Uh, Megaforce. I'm trying to think of what movies were big back then. They, oh, we had Altered States. With not- I think 1980 was Empire Strikes Back. Huh. Well, this is like what it, your parents would pull. They'd be like, "Yeah, honey, we got tickets to Miss Marker. It's more wholesome." Right. So now, uh, Walter Matthau's like, I looked up this horse. He's never finished. You know, he finished six. That's the best he's ever done. He's a loser. And she's like, I will put a bet of $200 on this horse. So he goes, fine, lady. I'm $200. Yeah, 30 to 1. That's 26-year-olds. And I don't mean 26-year-olds. And he horribly loses. Look at Julie Andrews. She's acting. Acting. Keep acting. Now, little Miss Marker, the kid can sense what's, you know, the pain that Julie Andrews is having. And so she gives her a hug. Oh, now I'm going to cry. And Matt, that was like, turn off the waterworks. He's trying to be gruff. Come on, snap out of it. So grumpy make a movie about that maybe he has a friend yeah they could be grumpier men grumpy men grumpy old men so i'm a grumpy old man and grumpy old man it's a movie about these I'll two grumpy old men horse that never loses and if we go to the merry oh, i'm a little bitter i lost 200 dollars on that white horse <laughs> why are you going up and down and denny he only does his eat in this movie now, it doesn't make sense in the plot what's going on here. Um, Dennehy is following Walter Matthau around, like intimidating him. But what for? 
He's invested. He's part of the club. I. It doesn't make sense. Why. Yeah, you're right. He did everything. He gave everything to Blackie. Whatever Blackie wants, he gave him. Now, instead of him shooting, Brian Dennehy will shoot with a real gun. Oh, what an asshole. Yeah. He's on as a pandemic. Keep these guys off the street. There's an arcade there. Those Ooh. are authentic fireworks. Ah. They, from the, the 1930s. Look, there's a good humor man right in the aisle. The truth is what they're doing off screen is just sort of strobe light flashing the crowd. There are no fireworks. It's it's up stock footage. Well, it sounds like an easier shoot that way. Yeah. Or didn't they just go to Disneyland and just shoot it during the afternoon? <laughs> Every afternoon. Nowadays in Disney World, Disneyland, they have um, Star Wars stuff with the fireworks. Oh, really? Yeah. So like the helmet of a stormtrooper appears on the sky. You go, ooh. No, like and then the rebel fighters fly across and stormtroopers march. Do you think it's overkill that they're going to reopen the park and the stormtroopers are going to wear masks? I mean, don't they already have a helmet? <laughs> it is overkill. Yeah. Uh, time to get the kid asleep so they can make love in the other room. Yeah. I hear you. They're not going to make love, but Julie Andrews is going to sort of reveal her affections. She's going to She's going to, you know, ask him, were you ever married? And, you know, he's, but meanwhile, Brian Dennehy's watching outside and, and, uh, Tony Curtis is sweet on her. So he's not going to, he, he like, he doesn't reject her or rebuff her or anything, but he, he goes like, it's getting late, you know, right now, Julie Andrews is like, kiss her goodnight. I don't know. I got math out for us. Yeah. They both have the same birthday, my birthday? Uh, October 1. Wow. AKA fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, yo. Q4. Q4. October 1st. Spiegelman, Spiegelman. And Matt how Andrews. Now we'll have some hilarity. Whoa, all the fruit guts out. But it's really a ploy for the director-writer to get them close together. Oh, yeah. Picking up melons. Grabbing his apples. Yeah, nine and a half weeks at the same scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Is that a pot roast in his hand? It is, and the guy is famous for poisoning a guy with the pot roast. So he goes, keep away from the pot roast. You never know what people put in there. So funny. Well, I always had a sexual fantasy to see Julia, Julie Andrews hold a fish. A smoked white fish. She's never had any experience with it before, so Walter's going to break off a chunk. Yeah, there's bones in it. Yeah. It's really quite good, you know. No kippers. 
What the fuck are you eating fish for breakfast? The fuck? Hello. Uh, that's my voice. So she's like, were you ever married? Well, that reminds me of like happy, so, happy days. Richie Cunningham would always be dating himself, a widow. And they'd be like, yeah, you know what that means, widow. She did it once. <laughs> now, Julie Andrews just said, you're a fraud. No, I'm Jack Lemon. <laughs> In drag. that Like Tony Curtis's um, Some Like It Hot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jack Lemmon was in that one. Jack Lemmon. I'll turn that foul. So Man, she, I would be feel, I, I just, Look, you see yeah. the kiss? Yeah, you smell like white fish. You, I mean, yum. You smell like yum, white fish. <laughs> Tasty. Oh, sorry. Call me Sorrowful Jones with a boner. So Julie Andrews is like, that kiss was supposed to work. But he sees Brian Dennehy spying. So he's like, it's getting late. Yeah, what's up? Why is Big D out there? I don't get it. Maybe he did everything Black you want. Maybe that's why, because they went on a sort of date, I guess. And Blackie was like, oh. messing around with my girl. I guess, maybe. I guess. Now she goes, she says, I pick my own men, you know. Yeah. Scram, see? <laughs> that taxi cab is an authentic 1932 Uber. Well, the driver was. Yeah. Okay, so you see he's in his underwear, right? And he finds out. Right. She goes, why aren't you out with the kid? She finds out the kid is missing. They let him sleep? Last time you have a madam take care of your house. <laughs> She's been kidnapped. You what? Uh... So he's down here in his underwear, and that's going to be the gag of this whole segment. What kind of, That is like some weird authentic underwear, too. I don't know. Have you seen my suit and my little girl? Right. He's like, where did she go? And she's like, she, she went to find her father. We assumed you were the father. So she's being very snotty to him. Like he's doing something bad. Plus he's in his underwear. I don't know if I would wear that underwear. It's strange. It's like a bodysuit, sleeveless bodysuit with buttons down the, the top. V-neck. It looks like a vest. He's He's wearing like underwear. He's so missing the kid, he runs out onto the street in his underwear. Yeah. I guess there's no needles around in the 30s. Yeah, he's not going to get a cab ride like that. Well, he's asking everybody, have you seen a little girl about this high? (laughs) And now we have a call back to a boy or a girl. How high? You want me to finger the wrong kid? And it's he goes, what are you guys, a union? 
That was pretty radical humor back then. Bob Newhart, Papa Elf himself. Wait a minute. He's Papa. Oh, that's right. Papa Elf. Major Major from Catch-22. Well, my favorite Bob Newhart movie is Cold Turkey, where he, a town, uh, quit cigarettes for a promotion. And he's like the priest who, who starts smoking and then quits with everyone else. My favorite one was when he was the president with Gilda Radner. Oh, for family. Yeah, yeah we got to watch that movie. That better be on YouTube. That's a good one. In and Out, who's in. Uh, yeah, it's always fun to see him in movies. Okay, so they went to the, all the cops because it was a missing person kind of thing and found out all the hotels that the father used to be in. And he's going to each one until he finally finds a little girl. This hotel has pic uh, picture magazines, Carl. Probably movies in the room. Do you want a kinescope? New York. <laughs> I'm finding my well, father. I mean, in 1930, the, the boots must only be a nickel instead of a quarter. Right. Nickelodeon. The video What the butler saw. Five cents. Whoa. The butler saw her gams. Jay's like, right, I, I don't like you anymore. Weeks. You tell lies. I want to get a, I got to find my daddy. And he says, your daddy's dead. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. I always hate hearing the news at dry cleaners. I'm turning it on. He what? What? Hey, girl. Very dead. Now she gets extremely depressed. And now we have her walking faster than Walter. And it's like a reverse of act one. Right. Oh, we're, oh, we're done with act one? Out of how many acts? Two, right? What? There's three acts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that was the end of Act One? Yeah, wow. No, that wasn't the end of Act One. We're deep in Act Two now. The end oh, of Act One God. was when the father, we found out the father was dead. Okay, now right. here is the second scene that made me have a tear. All right. So she's just completely depressed. Her father's gone. And he's trying to say, like, you want to ride on Sir Galahad? You want to play with the roulette wheel? You like that? And then he apologizes and says, like, you can stay with me. I don't mind. I'll get along if you want to stay with me. And that's when she perks up and hugs him. And that's and, when you cried. Yeah. 50, well, yeah, you don't cry. That means I'm going, boo-hoo-hoo. No, I got a little tear jerk. I got, you know, it's moving. All right. It's okay to make you cry. 
Like when I went to see Life is Beautiful, I cried at the end. I said, I asked $7, I'm never going to yeah. see again. I'll never get that money back. <laughs> I watched the whole movie. If only I left a half hour in. It was a tearjerker. <laughs> She's going to hug him. Cue the waterworks. Ah, uh, there we go. What's up with the upskirt? Mike, she's six, please. Okay, now act two will come to a crash when Thank you. he goes out of business because Walter Matthau told him not to fix the roulette table and this millionaire guy is winning and he breaks the bank. They're out of money. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, there's a reason why you got to be crooked. He's a millionaire. He doesn't need more money. Right. He's got the money to gamble with, I guess. They need to get the cooler. They need William Macy to show up and sit next to him. You told me to be the movie. The cool- now, see, he's got oh. a new suit, and everybody's freaking out that he has a new suit on. There's Julia Andrews looks very charming, even though she's about to lose her, literally lose the house. Yep. Well, she won't lose the house. She's made a deal with Blackie to keep it, but you're right. When Blackie goes out of business, it throws the whole thing into question. They need Amy Poehler and uh, Will Farrell to show up and fucking put some water in the house. Oh, I saw that film. Uh... The house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Jason it was, Mazzucas. It was, funny. They all... it was funny. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, you know, it never really clicks, but it's it's funny. You mm-hmm. know, it's I definitely, it's one of those films that I, I've seen a couple of times at this point. Like, I'll, I'll keep watching it. Are those ladies' glasses? No. They're Italian. Oh, is that the winner? The one that's cleaning the house? No, no, this is uh, in the back room. That's an over-enthusiastic worker who's like, isn't it great? He's winning. Shut up, you. <laughs> Don't know. What would you say your greatest weakness is? I say stupid things to my tip boss. Like, isn't it great? He's winning. <laughs> I got one weakness. Day hey, broke the bank. And Black hey. that it's good news. He's got a smile. Yeah, right. That's it for the night. The other sucker. Congratulations. (laughs) One thing Blackie hates to do is eat shit. So he says to Walter Matthau, I'll speak with you later. And Walter Matthau realizes he's probably going to die. Interesting. The guy goes, you want I should block the safe? And he goes, what for? I gotta call the little Miss Marker. Good news, I'm going to meet your dad. Yeah, in heaven. <laughs> now, oh no, it's hell. She was nominated for Best Female Young Actress in a Major Motion Picture at the um, Family Entertainment Awards, 1981. Now she lost. Like she could have launched a career here. I mean, I, I know she's only six, but she didn't. 
Well, I mean, she's good for the role, but she's just reacting to him. You know, it isn't like she's fucking Jodie fucking Foster. You know, like yeah, or she's. Doing, uh, she's what's the one who's always in the Steven Spielberg films? Uh, Drew Barrymore. No, um, that's a good example too, but. Uh, I forget her name, but she went on to be an actress as a grown-up. I like her movies a lot. Well, I got to figure out who she is then. Was she a werewolf in Silver Bullet? No. Yes. Was she in Shining? Mm-hmm. Oh, she was a werewolf in Silver Bullet. Oh, werewolfy. Werewolf lady. Yeah. Oh, the house is busted. Yeah. And now Julie Andrews is like, hey, you and me, kid. And he's like, I, you can't get involved with me. I'm probably going to be dead, uh, you know, in the morning. Right. Uh, Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning is who I'm talking about. Oh, Dakota Fanning. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, as a child. It was a... But she's moved right. on to be – she was in that uh, – uh, she was even in that Quentin Tarantino one we were talking about, his last film. Oh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in America, the, right. the wise and old child actor, Western child actor. Yeah, I like that scene. Like, he always says these scenes in his movies that look great in the trailer, and then when you actually watch the movie, they're just like a flashback, you know? Mm-hmm. You see the trailer to Once Upon a Time in America, and you're like, Oh my God, he's fucking on Hullabaloo. I can't wait to watch it. And it's like a flashback. Right. It's but at that point, with the. Ingenuous. Yeah. Like you see a scene and he's like using a blowtorch. You go, I can't wait to see this scene. And it's like, you were in a movie where you used the blowtorch. And he just wholesale shows it to you. But it's kind of fun when he's in the, he's doing the, the TV show with a little girl. And you actually see in real time him performing. Isn't mm-hmm. a memory or a flashback. Yeah. I'll give that to you some credit, I guess. Okay, now we're getting the setup for Act 3. Blackie's... Finally. Surprise! I forgive you. I'm not going to kill you. And the, yeah, what a great surprise. The reason is, they're going to race Sir Galahad, Julie Andrews' horse, but they're going to juice him. They're going to give him this new uh, drug out of Europe, and he will run his ass off, and he'll win the race. You know, so they... And then in the end, the horse will die. The horse will croak. So he's like, you give me all the money you got. We'll put it, we'll bet it all. I'll be rich again and we can restart our gambling business. But Walter Matthau knows that would break Julie Andrews' heart if the horse dies. Well, the horse is not going to die. He's just doing a little drugs, girl. I mean, he can handle his shit. He's named a horse. Of course he knows how to handle drugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, they call you horse. <laughs> oh, I love that gumball machine. That's authentic, too. You know, I'm in a mood for some chewing gum. Blech! This is stale. Authentically stale. Uh, so he's giving his pipe dream. Right. Not a pipe dream. 
it's a scheme that's going to work. Was it authentic horse uh, tranquilizer and phenomies that they feed them, like, in the 30s? I guess I wouldn't know. Do you think, you know what, man, that's a bad role model. Do you think War Horse fucking juiced? No. War Horse went into the fucking World War One, saved all those people, uh-huh. and he did it on natural. Mm-hmm. Huh. I the gone interview down. after he saved those people. We could hardly understand him. He's like, ah, bah, bah, bah. he was a little horse that day. Yeah, he is a little horse. Well, he was also modest. They would say, War Horse, did you save all those people? And he's like, nay. No. Okay, so Walter Matthau has a way to save the horse's life and still have Blackie win all his money. He is going to pay off. It's a horse costume. He's going to pay off every other jockey to let uh, Sir Galahad win. It's going to take every dime he's got. That's crazy. They're going to throw a dive at a horse race? How do you do it? Do you tell the horse, okay, slow down. Slow down, buddy. Well, when the horse, Take your time around the curve. When the horse race happens, you'll see. Like they're pulling their horses back. They're twisting his ear. They're telling him, come on, hurry up. They take an electric prod and shock Sir Galahad's butt. <laughs> after after this uh, deal, they uh, upgrade the keeper clubhouse to a condo. I take that back. The Simpsons did a joke where the jockeys live in the keeper elf house uh, tree house because they're so tiny. Yes, they're they, I they're they don't like you if you call them little people. They don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, they prefer to be called midget. Now, well, I. I stepped on a, a jockey, and the guy was like, hey, get off my jockey. <laughs> so for some reason, Julie Andrews goes, oh, my favorite, chocolate. <laughs> it's clearly not chocolate. And she goes, it's pistachio. So now Tony Curtis is asking her out after the race, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Sourful already asked me out, and I told him yes. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Sorrowful and regret. Good news, Galahad. Good news. I'm singing the song Shirley Temple sang. You're gonna get horse drugged today. Galahad. Galahad. Galahand. I think I think it's pronounced Galahad. I did major in uh, Arthurian literature. Well, that's funny because we don't listen to the audio, but that's one of the jokes. Like, Walter Matthau always says the name wrong, and the little girl goes, Galahad. Well, see, I did the same. It's because I share the same birthday. Right. October. Well, it's the little girl, not Walter, but okay. Oh, yeah. Two out of three. Now he's like, I want to bet on Sir Galahad. I went, oh, that's cute. She wins at cards, and, you know, Walter Matthau is like, I don't want you to gamble. You're a gambler. I'm not a gambler. I'm an investor. Keep your money. Don't be like me. Right. 
Oh, good. He's raising her up right. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Now he's giving the nod you, you to, the... to every jockey because they're all in the fix. And nobody notices that. Right. Just an honest bookie winking at the jockeys. Just another day. Wink. Probably didn't see me wink, jockey, because of that long cap of yours. Julie Andrews is oblivious. She's so happy for her horse. It's a proud day. Is that is that Galhad in the uh, stable there? Or they locked somebody else in there? I ran off to get a sip of seltzer. What'd you say about Galahad? Oh, was he locked? He's he's already right. He's well, he's the they didn't gate. fix the jockey for Galahad because they don't need to. He saved a buck. Now look, he's laid out of the gate. He's already losing. Now look, see how he's pulling the horse back by his hair, by his ear, and Walter cares wow. because it's so obvious. The guy's waving him up. Come on! <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm checking does the horse die dot com. Oh, this marker. No, not 1924, 1980. No. Julie Andrews thinks there he is. He's breaking away. He's making it. There's funny nine, a funny name coming up in the rear. And then there's other funny name doing something related to his name. See, the other jockeys are whacking him on the butt. Yeah. Oh, they're putting the blinders on? Literally putting the blinders on. It's... And here comes Popeye Spinach on the curb. It's Popeye Spinach. <laughs> no, someone Whoa. pulled his tail. Jesus Christ. I don't know who I feel worse for, the jockey or the horses. If you look closely, you can see Bugs Bunny chasing a mechanical horse, uh, rabbit. Bugs Bunny is the rabbit. Do you remember that? He went to a horse track and they had a little mechanical rabbit and he fell in love with it. Now look, they find the shocker and shock him in the ass. And Sir Galahad goes, whoa, that shit hurt. And Julie Andrews is like, my God. They're cheating. I can't believe <laughs> This is the moral of the story is the fucking cheat so you could open up your own casino. Oh, yeah, that's the guy in the stable. That was the doctor that they. Julie Andrews has no idea of have... cheating. I know. It's so crazy. Now they're saying, hold on. There's some disqualifications going on. Attention, please. In this race, number six, Sir Galahad has been disqualified for interference in the stretch and placed last. This is an outrage. A horse racing outrage. Now Blackie finds out that he was, he didn't give him the juice. He was abducted. And Walter Mouthhouse trying to get away, and she's like, you had something to do with this. You fixed the race. Yeah, no shit. Why? He was disqualified. 
Doctor, doctor, well, Weaver, what'd you do with the horse tranquilizer? I got lit. Dude, if I got locked in a room with horse bennies, I'd be like fucking swallowing them. They're tough to swallow, the horse bennies. They're like big pills. Horse pills, yeah. Yeah. You really have to open your throat. Oh, night's throat. Now you tell me. I did it all wrong. I only take them when I'm hoarse. Look at Dennehy. Now, Sourful is dead. Blackie is like... I mean, Blackie bet every penny, but it was really Walter's money, but still, that was his way to get... The money back, get back into business, pay off all of the, you know, he had investors from Chicago, from New York, you know, mob people. There's a way to pay them all back and be uh, in the clean again. So he is furious at Sourful. Yeah, I bet. Now, through the window like take the girl and they're going to go to like another city like Chicago. And you know that chicken in the car right. in the car won't go. She does that bit. Oh yeah. Then they go to Chicago and he they start a sitcom together. Right. It's called like Love Sorrowful. Sorrowful. He's now your dad. You know, if he could play off a of Jack Lemon, he could play off a of six-year-old. Absolutely. Here's the Chicago. Here, right. I don't have Now he spells New York. So everything's cool. They're going to run away and he won't get killed and she won't go to the orphanage and everything's safe. Now she just pickpocketed him. Because she learned from the yeah. cook. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, and he's like, pay the cook here quick. Oh, wait, but somebody's at the door. <laughs> Holy cow, it's the guy. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for you. Oh, come on, Carl. It's only like 20 more minutes of this. So you oh, can ruin it's it. the guy from Dune. Oh, no way. God, just came from a drink. He's trying to get away, but... He looks like a... Caught! Caught! Caught. Yeah, just when I won first prize at the Brian Doyle Murray lookalike contest. <laughs> just when I won first prize the... at the Jim Belushi contest. Yeah. According to Jim, I won. Okay, so the cop is taking away the girl now. Bob Newhart is like, what are you doing here? There's guys looking for you all over town. They're going to kill you. Huh. So now we learn that he's got the kid. 
and Blackie tipped off the cops. And there's going to be a hearing uh, for the kid, you know, to go to the orphanage. And, he, and Blackie knows that he'll show up to that hearing, and that's where he can kill him. But Walter Matthau's going to come up with the plan. Cool. Oh, good. So this is the third act, Byron. Yeah. Well, the third act started with the horse race. Yeah, that's right. There was a horse race. So what he's going to do is he's going to play on Blackie's, like, need to show off and everything. He's going to challenge him to a fight. You see, when Walter Matthau was a kid, he threw Blackie in the river, okay? And they've been calling back to that over and over throughout the film. So he goes, Blackie has sent me to ask you to meet him at 2 o'clock where he will throw you in the river. <laughs> and if you don't come, it shows that you're a yellow belly. He's reading a note from his hat. Right. There we go, it's the end. Did you get Clamato? <laughs> must, must be the mustard. You don't think Brian Dennehy's acting right now? He's been looking down, uh, he's been looking at Bob Duhart's ass for the last few minutes. Come on, this guy was in Gorky Park, Silverado. He was in First Blood. This guy's a good actor. I'm, I'm, aware, I'm aware of who Brian Dennehy is. So he's not the guy's acting. acting. He's pretending that Bob Newhart is a Frankfurter. Oh, no, he's looking in the hat notes. Ten and a half? What kind of hat notes are these? He was in ten with Dudley Moore. I'm aware of Mr. Brian Dennehy, who was in Tommy Boy. Yes, he was, yeah. By the he way, um, I recently learned that, uh, maybe I already told you this, uh, Dudley Moore's grave is here in New Jersey. Right. You did tell me that. And you were going to film something there on yeah. the grave of Dudley Moore. Second Waterman. I'm going to I'm going to have Dudley Moore guest star do a cameo, do a cameo. So you would cut to the grave, the tombstone of Dudley Moore and then you cut to someone going <laughs> right. Oh, knock it off, Dudley. That's right. They'll they'll be they'll do some sort of chase through a um, you know, graveyard, and then he'll pull up to that grave and he'll go. Did you Waterman will be like? Did you see where he went? And he'll go. Ah oh, ha ha! It's his accent. It kills me. <laughs> Are you gonna have a drink next to the gravestone? Like a cocktail. Oh, good one, good one. So now we're having the terms. Like, if I throw you in the river, you stop trying to kill me. But if you throw me in the river, then you also stop trying to kill me, but I'll give you my business, my gambling business, and you'll be back in the top. Wow, this is really uh, convoluted. Are they going to roll a 20-sided die to see who goes first? 
Look at Danahy. Look how he acts. He's like, I'm enjoying this scene. Yeah, look how he's standing like a statue. He's in the middle of the tree, Carl. He's a star. Uh, they're all playing the old river toss. So having a great time. He's got this big plot that he's gonna hit him with the roll of quarters, and that'll knock uh, Blackie into the drink, right? So he goes in to hit him, right. but it were only nickels. And then <laughs> Bob Newhart says his only funny line in this whole movie. He goes, Walter Matthau's like, I told you to give me a roll of quarters. And he goes, nickels were cheaper. And that is the only, you have Bob Newhart and that's the line you give him? That's, that's his best line? Funny line he gets in the whole movie. Well, that was because telephones weren't invented yet, so he couldn't do his comedy routine. Mm -hmm. I'll pretend I am a uh, instructor, and you can only hear me talk to my female student. That was his bit for, like, we'd be on talk shows. Yeah, well, he had the button-down mind of Bob Newhart. It's, like, a really good comedy album, but it's a lot of, like, Tony Curtis doesn't fall in the... Doesn't fall in the drink, right? He goes, I told you quarters. Those uh, nickels were so much cheaper. Ooh. This is such a compliment. Oh, then Dennehy does the, the troublemaker stuff. He does a little dirty work. Oh, no. The misfits are going to come in. That's right. They Boom! They take care of Brian Dennehy. Look at this acting. Hey, hit oh, with a my crotch! <laughs> he was calling out for my crotch. Oh! Uh oh! Don't watch out! Oh my ball! They're gonna get drink. <laughs> He's not acting in that scene. Choke out, Tony oh Curtis. God. Gave us Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh no! Uh oh. Mathau is in the drink. Well, I guess he doesn't make any sense, that game. But oh well. But the truth is, oh, he, threw the himself, he threw himself into the water on purpose to give Blackie his business so he won't try to kill him. So he can go and get the girl. Now we finally have Lee Grant as the judge. Right. That's right. I saw the Grant's name in this, uh, like an hour and a half ago in the opening credits. Now, she is not born on October 1. She's on born on Halloween, October 31. Oh, Scorpio. Valley uh, of cool. the Dolls, uh, The Heat of the Night, Shampoo with uh, with uh, Warren Beatty she was in. Yeah, she's great in that. We know her. Now we have a joke where while he's walking, his he's squishing. Sir, you are dripping all over my court. Wow, that's so funny. If it please the court, I fell into the river. Oh, that's great. So, him, like, so he swam over to the courtroom? 
Yeah, so Julie Andrews is like, I want to adopt this child. And then Walter Matthau is like, I want to adopt this child. Gambling. Get that joke? Is, will the will the judge Lee grant uh, him the stay? What was your that? honor? It's obvious. He goes. Oh, I said, do you think you're your honor? And she goes, fiction or nonfiction? Uh, oh, wise cracking judge, move over, Harry Anderson. <laughs> you like my night court? Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> I can see. And Richard Mole as full. Yeah, right. And the late Silver Demon. When being bald was like well, weird. Yeah, that was right. A tall, young, weird, bald guy. Well, if you see him now, he's, he has like a beard and white hair and a scruff. Like he doesn't look like bald. He's like, I will not give this child away to single parents. So now oh, we get the plan B. Let's have sex. I can't believe he slam over there. Right. Your Honor, it's obvious I didn't murder the child. She's in the courtroom. What? <laughs> so, so Walter Matthau is like, we'll get married and then we'll get divorced. And Julie Andrews like, no. We're not getting divorced. And I know you're in love with me. So this is it. I just want to marry you so I could fuck your horse, Sir Galahad. <laughs> I'm just trying to be Walter Matthau in the moment. See, they're playing cards. Oh, it's adorable. She's a rascal. Yeah, the judge is down for 20 bucks. She has to use herself as a marker. You get a free judge. So if they get married... It'd be awkward to marry. Right. They, and they forget each other's birthday, even though they have the same birthday. Right. Yeah, when they celebrate their birthday, it'll be convenient. Yeah, it's always about you. So she's happy, and he's pretending he's grumpy. Wow, that's interesting. So he's pretending to be, he's acting, he's pretending to be, he's acting as a grumpy old man. Right. <laughs> they sort of typecast him. This gives me an idea. So listen, I should let oh, you know before the movie ends that, uh, before Marilyn Monroe was famous and before Tony Curtis was famous, they briefly dated. Interesting. I had to throw that in. Oh, yeah, the show is ending now. 
Do you think Tony Curtis brought that up every day on the on the shoot? I have fucked her. Here we go. The old picture credits at the end. I love this style. They walk it to the camera. Give a smile, Tony. Give a smile, Bob. Give a smile. There's Lee Grant. It's boring. Danny Hay. Looking for the hot dog. Yeah, Kenton Willen is young, too. Don't remember this guy. Ah, the Stinson. Nedra. Jessica Reigns. Wow, this is a pretty snazzy style. Is there like old timey music playing? Yeah, it's well, it's the it's the Henry Mancini yeah. stuff. Right. All right. Well, to the lucid tones of Henry Mancini and Little Miss Marker from 1980. Yeah. Carl, what do you think of this movie? I enjoyed this movie very much, and it made me tear jerk twice. Yeah, I think that's pretty Bob cool. Marley. I don't know. He was a jockey. Yeah, Bob Marley, the jockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the. He was still alive back then, I guess, in 1980. Yep. Or 1982. I go with years of six This is a long, long movie. This movie took forever. I was hoping World War II would show up by the end of this movie. It went so long. Uh, but yeah, all right. It was all right, I guess. Yeah. I met Shirley Temple. Look. Assistant to the executive producer, Charles Matthau. Ta-da! He gets everyone. Mr. Nepotism. Look, those are the vintage magazines. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Little Miss Marker with the vintage photos. We hope you enjoyed this movie as much as we sat through it. Uh, We will be back next week. You know, just subscribe to our podcast. Look for L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T or just go over to mutinyradio.fm where we stream every Sunday, and we have a huge archive page that has every single episode we've done in the last five years. Five years? Gosh, six years, I think, 2014. Well, Carl, what's the movie next week? Uh, well, uh, oh, yeah, I know you. you know you know the movie next week. Well, we, we, we're on a Walter Matthau kick, and as you know, he was in The Taking of Pelham 123, which, as you know, was remade into the well-known movie with Denzel Washington. But apparently, in between those two movies, there was a TV movie remake of it. Right. Uh, the, the Taking of Pelham 123 from 1998. Uh, Carl, can, we, uh, can you – I don't have the trailer, but can you reenact the trailer for us? Well, I can play the trailer for us. If you're listening at okay, home, all right, let's- you go to your YouTube search and you put in the trailer of the taking of the Pelham one two three. Their numbers one two three nineteen ninety eight, and we like the channel Joe Siegler, and it's basically the commercial okay. from ABC. All right, well let's hear it. I'm ready to hear it. Three, two, one, go. Looking forward. Looking forward. All right. A TV movie based on a real movie. So that's great. You don't have to go to the theater. You could just watch ABC. The Taking of Pelham 123. That's our movie next week. Carl, what a pleasure. It was great watching Lomas Marker with you. And I'm glad to hear from you. 
That's good. Any That's way good. anyone can reach you? Uh, no, your... the quarantine, so uh, you can go to carlsucks.com. And that's the only way to see Great. what I'm up to, which will be not updated because nothing's happening. While you're online, go to sfgate.com uh, and type in Mutiny Radio for a recent article about our station manager, Jam, uh, Jam, ben, no. Jam, Jam, Jam Benjamin. Yes, Bam Benjamin uh, and her uh, secret live shows. And uh, check me out on SavageHenryMagazine.com. I yeah. should have an article in there soon for their virtual magazine. Uh, yeah. Uh, stay safe. Love each other. And we'll see you next week. How about that? Thank about you, that, audience. Dale. Bye now. Thank you, audience. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with my Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And I got to tell you, it's Lawathla Mott. 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 Right. I don't, I'm really bad at pronouncing, pronouncing words. So it's Lawathla <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth, we are very excited. We uh, watched a full-length movie with you. 
uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our podcast name feed and our Twitter handle and our YouTube channel. And we are always heard first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Why don't you go to Venmo, send money to at Mutiny Radio, make pa- uh, Pam Benjamin, our station manager, happy. Uh, and us happy. That's our only advertisement. What movie are we watching today? Uh, today, we are actually watching a quality movie. It is called Death Proof. 2007. It's Quentin Tarantino. So you put in death space proof 2007 in your YouTube search engine. We like the channel. I no, it's L O M I N E F E. Lom in Yeah. L O M I N E F E. Click on that link, press pause, slide it back to 000 and buffer. Death Proof 2000. Okay, we have a special countdown uh, from the Countdown King himself, who's not here with us, so we have his replacement, a robot. Will you please give it up for the Paul Brumbot? Bra- uh, yes, not a robot, a Brumbot. Another day in the hood. Here we go, folks. You know the drill. Get your finger over that little triangle, and in three, two, one, go. This this opening I I love. Fuck the Roaring Lion. This is really cool because here's the Dimension film straight out of the 90s. Yes. And Dimension used to do shitty movies in the 70s. Here we go. Best music ever. Well, Dimension Pictures was in the 70s, and Dimension Films is today. And they're not connected except for the name Dimension. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I know that, that... The Dimension of the 90s. Now, this is cool, this little cartoon. Except for the good. doesn't look like a shitty movie at all. I just wanted to dimension this. Yeah. Sorry, I I have dementia. Did you uh, ever see a movie intro like this before where it's different lions showing different types of movies? Like, you know, Panther's Restricted Lion? No. uh, Listen, I got to tell you, the first time I ever bumped into this movie ever was you telling me about it, but I thought it was legit. Okay, now the original, the original title comes up for two seconds. Oh, first one, Pete. Yeah. Fuck you, Tarantino, you you foot fetish. (laughs) God damn it. They are cute, though. They're like little candies. No, Mike, don't resist. Here you go. Yeah. Thunderbolt. Right. That was the original title. And it got switched yeah. to Death Proof. But it's kind of a joke because a lot of Grindhouse films would be released under a name. They would get killed in the critics, and they'd quickly rename themselves. Now, one of our, one of our favorite ones is the one that goes, uh, what was it, like, the, the one about the asset, like, baby, baby, bring me down. Oh, by the way, Mary Louise. And then Zoe. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway. Angel, angel, down we go. Yeah. Cult of the Dam. Cult of the Dam after Manson kind of kicked. Yeah. So here is a photo of feet and human feet, lady feet. So we've seen three sets of feet so far. And right. this movie can't wait to smoke pot. <laughs> so God bless. Pot will be all so over. I submit- yeah, and this is Sally Mankey's last film, I think. She she died. She was a um, Tarantino's editor for the first couple of films, and she really made Kill Bill like, oh, you know, oh. bearable because she had a real pacing. She fell asleep in her car. Uh, she would used to walk up in the hills, and she 
fell asleep in her car and got heated up and died of heat or something, something really tragic like that. Uh, I, it was kind of sad because I do think she's good. So you'll notice his other films, like Glorious Bastards, that's the first without her as an editor. Oh, look at this. Uh, the, even the fucking silver, the four sets of feet, right? The other poster has feet on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is a Tarantino film, and that means feet. And who we're seeing up in the part? Okay, that is Cheryl Ladd's daughter right there, the daughter of Cheryl oh, Ladd. No Look who's got a pee. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Hard oh wait, is she wearing flip flops? So that. Did you see? Ah, it? I figured it'd be. Yeah. Hey, look, that's uh, six pairs of feet we've seen if we include two movie posters. This is Austin, Texas. Oh, well, it told you itself. Okay, that's the daughter of Sidney Poitier, and that's the daughter of Cheryl Lamb. Sidney Poitier's daughter is named Sidney Poitier, right? Sidney. 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 Okay, all right. Did you do that to your poor children? (laughs) They're all like variations of Carl. (laughs) No. Yeah, right. My, my, My wife would not permit that. I did want to name my kid Carl. Carl Jr.? I, Carl Jr., luckily I didn't. Luckily she <laughs> had good sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we're jack-in-the-box people here. Uh, so here we go. We kick it off, and now this is fantastic. This is what women sound like, is my complaint. This movie, uh, I saw it in the theater, Carl. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. You didn't, and uh, she, she's drinking something called the Kunda Brothers, and that is a reference to the original theatrical release. Uh-huh. This, of course, was a notorious release called Grindhouse, yeah. where Clint Tarantino and director Robert Regas has two full-length movies back-to-back, like as right. if it was a 1970-something feature at a Grindhouse. And in between the movies, they had an ad for Acuna Brothers uh, food and taqueria. And, that's, and then the, this movie kicks off, and they're eating – they're using the props. They're drinking yeah. from the drink. Yeah. Right there. Boys, I guess. Acuna Boys. And so you can go to YouTube. Uh, talk about red apple cigarettes. There's lots of Tarantino yeah, stuff cool. in here. Yeah, but their reference, they make a lot of references to, to the first movie and to the trailers. So the fact that they had an advertisement for this food, and then you watch this beginning of the second movie, and there they are eating the food is kind of cool. Yeah. And it's fucking billboard. There's so many billboards in this guy. They're up, feet. Seven feet. Seven <laughs> shots of feet. I'm going to feet count. No, but the thing is, Sydney is on the billboard, and that's the big deal. Every time they pass the billboard, they're cheering because she's right. Her star. name is so she's a radio DJ named uh, Jungle Julia. Is that racist? Um, yes, I guess yes, it is. If you call an African American anything with jungle, that is calling back to an ignorant time in which Africans were from Africa, you know. So, yeah, that's racist. Okay, yeah, I just, just wanted to agree. So, but that's her character's name, and these billboards say it. There's a lot of billboards in this movie, especially in the extended cut. They had a, uh, a movie poster, a billboard called Potheads, which, you know, what's the rush? We still have an hour before we get to that scene. <laughs> we'll see Potheads. We'll see that in this film. Yeah. The theatrical release for both of them uh, had edits in it. Like, you could see the scratchy film right now. Like, you know, it's, it's paying homage to going to the theater. And in fact, when I saw this in the Metreon, it started off with Robert Rodriguez's film Project Terror. 
and right. it was scratchy and there was cuts and I heard a baby crying and I thought this is like a real true grindhouse experience. Why is a woman brought a baby, a real baby to the theater? So there was an actual baby there. Well, heads were getting exploded. That baby cried throughout the film. Um, now, when I this film was on purpose damaged, like the scratches were not like computer generated scratches. They were actual, you know, Quentin Tarantino oh. or whomever took a paper clip and scratched. See. Grindhouse wow. would go from theater to theater to theater to theater, literally tour the country, and they would get in pretty beat-up shape. And that's what he was trying to do. They make a lot of acknowledgments. Like, one of the things is that if some woman takes her top off, the projectionist will cut that scene out. And they do some jokes like that. I think in the first movie where a woman takes her clothes off and the scene gets cut or, like, it's super faded, you know, because uh, – but yeah, like if you were a projectorist who liked to relieve himself at home, you could cut those scenes out and make your own projector reel, like a sizzle reel. <laughs> <laughs> Never even thought so that. This movie, <laughs> so this movie is like a dream for me because it's, if you've seen the movie, which chances are you have, it's basically the same story told twice, and that to me feels like a dream, especially like how the first story, the first one, never ends, you know, yeah. and then ends in the way it does. The, the Grindhouse movie will show you a trailer, a fake trailer to a fake movie that will never come out. And you go, well, how is this grounded? I mean, talk about a dream. You're seeing a trailer to a movie that doesn't exist. Right. As a, you know, so, but also uh, the first fake trailer was for Machete. And uh, he actually, Robert Rodriguez actually made the movie and made a sequel. And they promised the third one, Machete Kills Again in Space. So, uh so yeah, one, it's one going to be a trailer, and then he decided, you know what, I'm making it? Yeah. And then at the end, he teases a sequel and then a third movie. And the second movie sets it up, another kind of dreamlike film, because it just goes, and then it ends with him going off in space, fighting Mel Gibson wearing a mask. Ah, there's another trailer. Oh, woo! Just the cut. Okay, there's Kurt Russell following behind them. Now, I don't know enough about cars to let you know which one it is, but his cars are a, a 70 Nova, Chevy Nova, and a 69 uh, Challenger. Uh. Now, we keep seeing her. Uh, by the way, she's straight out of Brooklyn, and you can tell from her accent. Her name is Vanessa Ferlito, and we would know her from CSI New York, the television show. Like currently, like in the last uh, eight years? No, it was 2004. You know, there's all these CSI shows, and I guess that was her claim to fame. She's done this movie, a bunch of 2007 movies, and then that CSI series. Now, what's interesting to me is her first son was born September 21, 2007, so she is not a mother, as we're watching her here. She's about to get pregnant by her husband. And we know wow. it, she doesn't. <laughs> I never, you know what? This is a fresh take on this Quentin Tarantino classic. Now I know I can review this movie knowing uh, that. It changes the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he's boozing. We, now they're giving a really long boring you know, setup. No. Now, first off, this is Austin, Texas, where, and we saw that movie house, the, the play, whatever it's called. You know, the Alamo Playhouse or whatever it's right. called? Draft House. 
And, of course, Tarantino during the 90s and, and the aughts would show movies there. And he – so near the that movie theater in this film is a bar where Tarantino's the bartender. And look at the fucking design. It's all Italian movie posters. Yep. And there's not real something life. like that with a magazine rack, too. It's like all Quentin Tarantino oh. kind of things. Now, I want you to know that That's... DJ uh, Jungle Julia here is telling that she described um, Vanessa. Her name's Arlene in the film.